because I listen to your podcast and it sounds great. Okay. Good. Yeah, it's like super clear. Because you know sound. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> and but when I listened to it, I was like, oh my god, this sounds like really good. So okay. I'm like, that's, oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> sound compliments. I know you're gonna do awesome. <laughs> so I'm so. Excited. I know you're gonna do awesome. So it's all good. Okay. The five elements of letting go. The podcast. Discussing mental health openly and freely and learning tools and techniques to find peace. Well, welcome everyone to the Five Elements of Letting Go. I'm Dr. McCollum, and this is Madison Krebs. Hello. Hi. Uh, just a little introduction. Madison, I've known you since you were, I think, 11 or 10, 12, something like 10. that. 10, yeah. 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 Um, patient here at the clinic, and... Um, um, your mother and aunt left you here alone with me one afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was just fascinated by your office. Yeah. <laughs> with all the Buddha statues yeah. everywhere. I was like, man, who is this guy? Yeah. It's awesome. And, and I had known your mom for a little bit, but mm -hmm. I was just like, I hope everyone's okay. Because <laughs> your, aunt, your aunt was late picking you up. But oh, I know. I just, I, I, I'll never forget yeah. that day. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember. I remember that clearly, actually, when you bring it up. And yeah. that wasn't a... Uh, a rare occurrence, to mm. say the least, yeah. <laughs> in our family household. <laughs> so a little bit about Madison, everyone. Um, not only is she an incredible human being, sweet spirit, old soul, all those Thanks. wonderful things, um, but she's a brilliant musician. Thanks. And she, uh, we play a few of her songs here in the clinic on our playlist. Yes, and I do happen to be laying there with needles in my back, <laughs> and I hear my voice. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, these are these people are awesome. This is, this is great. So. Well, we hope we pick songs you really liked. <laughs> no, I, you guys have the covers on here, and I'm like, oh, yeah. this this works for the vibe. I, I like it. Yeah. It's good. Okay, so, perfect. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so we will put all of Madison's info. Uh, you know, in the uh, description and everything later on, but you can listen to all her music on Spotify, on yeah. Apple Music, all of that stuff. She's, um, uh, when you were younger, everyone referred to you as a young, uh, what was that, uh, who's that one uh, singer, that country singer that uh, I can remember, everyone kept referring to you as. I'm trying to remember her name. I don't She's know. fairly famous, but anyway, okay. um, I can't remember it. But that's what people always told me. Some when country we were younger. singer, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so you did quite a bit of a uh, country stuff, yeah. And yeah. you kind of old school vibe, yeah. And and now you're it, on um, a new sound. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely like broadened my wings. Let's say um, I kind of I was in Nashville. Uh, I. Well, I graduated high school, and you've obviously watched this journey. Mm -hmm. Graduated high school, and then I um, did some traveling, and then I ended up signing a record deal at 19 and a publishing deal, and it brought me to Nashville. And so I packed my bags, and uh, I went down there. And it was crazy because um, even as a little girl, I my parents were really great with, um, I don't know, just instilling, like, really great um like the ability of envisioning your future and like what what do you want and what fills your cup and always letting us be creative in the household and that's music for me i found mm -hmm. that and so we had these dream books and one of them for me was i would love to have a record deal or a publishing deal one day mm -hmm. and that happened for me and i packed my bags and i 
put the check mark in my dream book and I was like, woohoo, like I'm moving to Nashville too. That's another dream. And um, yeah, and I, prior to that, I was kind of, I guess, in the more, everyone knew me as the old school country vibe, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I love old school, even just classic music in general. I I feel like it just rings true mm-hmm. to me and just even the melodies and stuff. But um, I started to broaden my wings and just kind of break down boundaries in terms of genre for me. And I found a lot of discovery in that space. And that was when I went down to Nashville and started meeting people that I really resonated with sonically and just musically. And um, yeah, so I released a record, I guess, two years ago now. And um, it's definitely a lot different than what I released when I was 14. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I think even just the future stuff that I will release, um, even for my next records, well, I'm going to continue evolving. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a reflection of myself. Like, yeah. um, and I think music has always been that for me. And I, I'm going to, every record is going to be different. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's what makes it good because then it's, it feels authentic. You have that energy and passion in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think often too many, they, um, you know, uh, too many, you know, artists, especially young artists, their sound is manufactured. Totally. Yeah. And then yeah. the next album, okay, can we replicate this manufacturing of music? But those that last, yeah, those that, you know, they're been around forever, it's, they're creating what's in their soul at that time yeah, and speaking sure. their emotions through their music. Yeah, and I think what really resonated with me for, I guess, that that timeless country, um, you know, the like 1950s, 60s era for me was that timelessness and mm-hmm. that longevity in the music yeah. um, and how the artists still stood so well in this time and age with their messages and their music. And you look at like Dolly Parton too, like she's still killing it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. her music still is like meeting the ears of really young, um, younger listeners. Yeah. Right. And I think that's just so inspiring. And so I guess, yeah, it's just a really my goal at that time when I was 14, I was just like, well, I just want to create something timeless. And then now it's like, okay, but what is like my soul? Like mm-hmm. what, what do I hear in here? Yeah. Right. And so, I wanted to reflect that a little bit more um, sonically and maybe a little bit different than my previous records, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I dabbled in the pop worlds too because there's yeah. a lot of synth type sounds that I really love mm-hmm. um, that I think really resonated with what I was hearing in my head. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we all look forward to more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do too. I'm like, whenever this, you know, I can you know, start creating, go travel again. This will be awesome. But I think this, this COVID era, I've, it's been interesting. Um, you know, some artists they are like, I'm totally not creative right now. And then some are like, I am like creative, creative, creative. Right. And it's interesting to see each artist, how, you know, this, this time and age, like what's going on right now and how it affects your creativity. Right. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's, it's really, um, for a bit, it was really hard to create because when you're in that state of like almost fight or flight, it's really hard to yeah. create. Mm-hmm. But um, as things have kind of moved along, it's it's I feel very I feel a sense of freedom coming in, which is really 
inspiring yeah. and fun. So, oh, that's so cool. You know, it's interesting. Like, uh, so within Chinese medicine, we've mm-hmm. had talks. You know, some yeah. of this stuff with uh, the liver and gallbladder. Mm-hmm. This is the anger is emotion, frustration, all this, which yes. there's been a lot of. But what's interesting is one of the things that gets that energy moving, one of the actions is creativity. Mm-hmm. So and I hold so much in my liver, and you know yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm doing something right with yeah. the music because you know me, I like m- my liver, like I hold so much stuff yeah. in there, like energy wise too. I mm-hmm. feel it all yeah. the time too. Mm-hmm. And it's music is a good way to get it out and acupuncture, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you think about it, those that are holding that they're stuck. Yeah. And they're not feeling creative. Mm-hmm. What's the predominant mood? Mm-hmm. They're angry and frustrated with themselves and the mm-hmm. situation. And they're just feeding off of that, whether that's, you know, writer's block for a, an, an author or a songwriter. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing where mm-hmm. they can get caught up in that energy rather than thinking, oh, well, you know, starting at any point in creativity will help getting that flowing and getting me feel better. And then once I feel yeah. better, then it really flows. And yeah, because there's always this beni- this idea, which like for a lot of artists, like you have to like suffer to make music. Mm-hmm. Right? And maybe for some people, that's totally the case. But for me, it's so not true. Like yeah. I, it's so hard for me to create when I'm in f- at a place of fear or worry or like, um, you know, if I'm going through something and I'm, I'm all up here yeah. instead of here, mm-hmm. um, it's so hard to get into that flow state yeah. sometimes, right? And to mm-hmm. create and even like write how I'm feeling sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But for some artists, they're like, oh, yeah, I love that space. I'm like, I cannot do it. <laughs> I don't but, know what you're talking about. <laughs> and maybe it's a reflection of the type of the tone and the emotion that comes out of their music. Totally. Because yeah. yours is this light free floating just mm-hmm. like a kind of um you know there's there's some passion in mm-hmm. your music but it's you're it's not uh vengeful or angry or you know no, no it's not it's really not <laughs> but say like someone like uh you know not to throw her out here on, under the bus but um um Oh, what's her name? That pop singer who always writes songs about the boyfriend she just broke up with. Oh, Taylor? Yeah, Taylor Swift. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. her, she's got these, these like angry anthems. Right. And girl anthems, which for in the right space at the right time are great songs. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I she, know I've rocked out to lots of those. Yeah, yeah. But she thrives <laughs> off that energy. Totally. Right? Yes, so yeah. I wonder if she almost sets herself up. <laughs> I, you know what? Maybe. I. <laughs> not, not, not consciously, but yeah. subconsciously in a way. Well, I know for a lot of artists that definitely, um, you know, and like those kind of situations, like love is a great like thing to talk about. Like, and mm-hmm. it's something that people can relate to on so many levels, right? And so her experiences, obviously people are like, yes, Taylor, sing it, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I know for me, it's like, I don't know. It, I I love to write in a space of, of gratitude. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I think my last record, I was a little bit sad um, which I don't, I think for my next record, I, I feel this, this gratitude space that I'm really, I, f- I did, I don't know. I just want to create from that space. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, and that there can be some sadness and melancholy in that. And I think that's part of the healing too. But, um, yeah, I, I, for the next one, I definitely feel this new era of just freedom and gratitude that I'm mm-hmm. going to be singing from, but yeah. 
It's interesting. So the, the topic of this podcast is always on, you know, uh, it's about emotion. It's mm-hmm. about dealing with our mental health mm-hmm. and all that. Do you, how do you feel music, you know, it might do it better than every day, you know, because we just don't talk about mental health enough. Yeah. How do you feel music does with that conversation and that discussion of mental health? For music, I, I think it's a space where it's a universal language for me. I know just personally, um, and you can reach someone's heart in a matter of seconds with a song. Mm-hmm. And it can lift somebody up out of whatever space they're in or make them feel like, oh, yeah, that's me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think part of mental health is knowing that you're not alone in this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what music does for people is like, hey, we're, we're all in this together. Like yeah. we're all going through the same shit mm-hmm. in different mm-hmm. in different ways. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the the power of music is it really brings you to the same the playing space right mm-hmm. and it's like i'm here and even like um even vibration wise like just the octave or wherever key yeah. it is in is set to a different mood too right if you think of binaural beats or whatever too like mm-hmm. you can reach someone near like neuropathically wise and i think music is an amazing healing tool for mental health and it even for different artists, how they express what they're going through. And it just kind of puts down the walls mm-hmm. immediately and has mm-hmm. been doing that for a long time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think people now are having more conversation one-on-one, which is mm-hmm. super healthy. And I think it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I know with myself as a kid, there's always like, even now, you know, I separate my music, not by genres, but by moods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I'm in this mood or I want to change this mood to this mood, you know, I need to listen to this type of music Yeah. to pull me into that space or remind me of it. You know, of course, like when I was a kid, you know, I listened to Metallica and the cult, DOA, you know, yeah. <laughs> like all the rebellious uh, yes. edge that you needed yeah. in your life yeah. at that time. Yeah. <laughs> You know, public enemy, yeah. all, the, all this stuff yeah. where you're letting out this teenage angst and anger. Totally. Because I was an yeah. angry kid. And, you know, and then you find that as as I aged and let go of those things, then I was able to shift and my music taste changed quite totally. a bit. Yeah. yeah. And it, you know, at will, like I've always had a fairly varied music taste, but, um, you know, now it's much more balanced than it's ever been. Like, you know, cool. I can listen to just about anything. But I can, I find that. You know, music, I'm sure everyone that's listening right now can think of a song that they, if they hear, it's going to make them joyous. Or yeah. it's, uh, there's one that brings back, you know, painful memories or some, totally. some angst and sadness. It's a memory bank. Mm-hmm. Music is a memory bank. I always, and I've always like throughout my life, I, my, I guess, goal or anything is like, or any way I can be of service is to be like, can I just be a part, my songs be a part of somebody's memory bank yeah. in a positive way mm-hmm. or whatever way that will help them heal or move forward in their life, right? Yeah. And I think that's such a cool way of even just looking at your life is like, what were you listening to during that time, right? Yeah. And it kind of reflects somebody's feelings and their emotions and what they were going through too, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say for me too, right now, what I'm listening to is very like, very vibey, very like, I don't know, just cool and easy, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. it, it definitely reflects, you know, my 
I guess, soul level how I feel <laughs> on a regular <laughs> basis. Yeah. I don't know if it's really what my like mental space is always all the time, but it's definitely, um, yeah, definitely on a soul, like true self level. I'm, I'm the cool and easy and yeah. <laughs> take it easy. So not the, the upper brain, but you know, mm -hmm. so yeah. it's, you know, it's so well too. Cause I, I remember sometimes like when I was studying for board exams or, you know, when I was in university, I would, uh, when I'm studying a certain subject or a certain test, I would always listen to this, either the same song. Oh, cool. Yeah. Or the same genre. Yeah. And then, you know, the same few songs, the same playlist while I'm working on that. Mm -hmm. And then I would always listen to it again before the test. Yeah. Yeah. Almost kind of get me back in that headspace and that body space of studying and going over those things. Yeah. And it's almost like I could, you know, hum or think of the song in my head and, Oh concepts yeah, would come back. Yeah, yeah. I'm my memory's great when it comes to music. Like, <laughs> literally, I'm like, but when it comes to math, I was like, just not good at all. But I'm right there with you, yeah, sister. Literally, I'm like, I'm just the artsy fartsy one. Yeah. Especially in my family, and everyone's like, you know, has some math touch in them. And I'm like, no, that's definitely not me. But I wish I used music to help me. I don't even know if you could use music to help you with math. I don't know. I'm sure it's the one same kind plus of thing. One. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's your new thing. You're going to compose songs that to help people with trigonometry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, do not come to me for that. Do not, honestly. Yeah. That would be so weird. <laughs> that would. But I remember when I was a kid, you know, like music is crazy that like when we were little ones, like if we got lost or anything, because mm -hmm. my mom had seven kids yeah, and we man. were just feral things running around everywhere. And if we got lost or needed anything... My mom made us memorize a song. Oh, that's and it was, cool. Uh, I'll, do you want me to sing it for you? Yes, please. <laughs> I'm just like, I want to hear this song. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, uh, I know my number, my telephone number. Want me to sing it to you? <laughs> I know my number, my telephone number. Want me to sing it for you? Two seven three nine two six zero. Two seven three nine two six zero. And I still and it keeps this song goes on. There's a couple. There's one more thing. But okay, keep the, going. It, no, no, no. I can't remember that. <laughs> but this, I will never forget that phone number for when I was a little kid. Crazy because of that silly song. That well, that makes sense. Like kids, <laughs> the first thing they learn is like nursery rhymes and stuff, yeah. right? So if you want your kid to remember like your phone number if they mm -hmm. get lost, that's genius. And how many people when they're trying to alphabetize something? Like yeah. you know, when you used to work here at the clinic, when you would put a file away, right? Did you run? Did you sing the ABC song to try to? Oh no, I did not. <laughs> not when I was working here. I was like, where does this go? <laughs> I still do that when I'm trying oh, to find amazing. something alphabetically because I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, I go through A B C D E F G. A B C D E F G. Yeah. But oh, I would yeah, sing the true. song too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. kind of go true. through, okay, where is it in the alphabet? Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> no, I totally get what you're talking about right now. Genius. Oh, it's your so mom's weird. genius, man. <laughs> I don't remember that. Seriously. Yeah. You'll teach it to your, your Yeah, kids. my future ones. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. But there's interesting how, you know, music, uh, again, you know, just moving along with the, the emotional connection with music. Yeah. How, you know, not only if we're in that dark place mm -hmm. already, you know, music, I would say it's very similar to alcohol. Okay. And, and, and let me explain Elaborate. This. Yes. <laughs> in that 
so if you're in a bad mood mm-hmm. and you drink alcohol, mm-hmm. it puts you in a worse mood. Mm-hmm. It always seems to accentuate the mood you're in. Mm. If you're in a playful, light mood and you drink alcohol, you're the crazy, fun, drunk. Everyone's mm. having a great time with you. If you're depressed mm. and you drink alcohol, it will make the depression worse. Oh, yeah. If, okay, I see if it. you're angry and you drink alcohol, you turn into a mean drunk, uh. right? And with our moods, if we are in a dark place and we listen to dark, dark stuff, you know, music, yeah. it just accentuates yeah. that feeling in a way, almost. It's very similar where we can muse music, you know, in a different way that when we're in those dark places emotionally or, mm-hmm. you know, or we can use that music to pull us into that. And if we're yeah. in a good place and we put on, you know, this dark foreboding music or this this angry you know music it can pull us into that place if we're not careful for sure actually i totally agree on some level with that because i know that music can change your state Mm -hmm. really quickly it's just like how i know for like any if you're wanting to like if you're in a worrisome mood or you're like anxious you try to like well you try to learn how to change your state in movement or listening to sound or just getting you into that present moment, mm-hmm. right? And I totally agree how like music can accentuate emotions because I listen mm-hmm. to if I listen to a depressing song, I'm there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Cuz I'm an, like a hardcore empath, so I'm like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, I feel that right in the gut." Yeah. Right? But also like, yeah, I totally see where you get into like that I don't know because when I've been in now because when you listen to like a happy song, you're usually like, oh yeah, like this is after a while, you're like, oh yeah, I start to feel this, mm-hmm. right? It gets yeah. in, it gets in your body, yeah. right? So I totally get what you're talking yeah. about. I did, you know, I know for myself, it does that. So, mm-hmm. you know, some will come on and I'll be like, I am, I'm not in the mood to listen to that now mm-hmm. because it'll take me to that place. Ooh, you yeah. know, I want to stay in, in, a, in an upbeat place. Right, you know, in so, a different like So I'm not going yeah. to listen to any Nine Inch Nails today. I'm going <laughs> to... Put that I'm aside. not going to rage. Yeah, <laughs> Do some time. hardcore head bobbing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like that. I, you know, that's what it is for me. So yeah. I have no, to. I, totally I almost have to be a little that, careful yeah. what I'm listening to because Ooh. it'll pull me into that place if I'm yeah. if I'm not there. Yeah, and I think that relates. I can even relate that to my own writing too, mm-hmm. because if I'm in a, a I guess like a, a a darker space or you know just a lower lower mindset it's mm-hmm. as i said it, it, it like writing about it sometimes it really helps because it gets it out but as i said before it's really hard for me to create in that space too mm-hmm. like but um i definitely i see how you can get pulled in yeah when you're there mm-hmm. and it's very easy yeah yeah it's interesting on you know with uh just about everyone i've interviewed so far we've kind of talked about okay what are the the tools or the things that you use to help you kind of let go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tom talked about journaling mm-hmm. and how, you know, kind of getting that out, writing it out, getting out of his head. Mm-hmm. It must be, you know, f- almost similar in a way to writing music, right? Yeah. To- yeah. For me, like, honestly, what I've learned, <laughs> especially over the past, like, few years, I'm always in my head. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always in my emotions because I'm an artist, yeah. right? And like I, you know, and it's it's a beautiful thing. It really is. But it also can 
I have an amazing imagination and it can take me to beautiful places, but also some like dark places yeah. too, right? <laughs> it can get scary in there. And it's just like, I think, you know, journaling is something that I've always done my entire life. And music has also been my way of like journaling mm-hmm. as, well, as well, Yeah, but in a musical form. Um, but to really shift my energy, even just to get me, if I'm in a lower mind state, to get me higher Mm -hmm. i actually find like physical movement and like like working out is a huge tool for me like i need to move and that's why like dancing was so huge for me Mm -hmm. because i was still being artistic and like i was expressing my emotions but i was moving Mm -hmm. right and so working out has been like huge and then um i found meditation has been like pivotal in my life um because it's just like bringing me out of my head. Yeah. Right? Like journaling, I still find I'm still up here a bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas like with any sort of movement and getting in my body, I find I can shift my energy mm-hmm. immediately. Okay. And it's beautiful. Like I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then I can be creative. Mm-hmm. Right? So Yeah, it's almost because meditation is very quite anchoring. Yeah. You know, anchoring the spirit and the body into that in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because for my brain, it's like, since I have a crazy imagination too, and it's lovely because I can create really cool things out of it, but I can be in the future or in the past. And I think everyone has that, right? And Mm -hmm. what meditation does is it anchors you in your like being, Mm -hmm. right? And I feel I can be like the best version of myself when I'm here in flow. Yeah. Right. And I can create my best stuff in that space and perform for people when I'm up in my head performing. It's the worst. Yeah. Like, because then instead of just being and letting that, that flow of -hmm. the music and and your expression, you're like, oh, I think I like this. Do they want me to do it this way? Yeah. Have I said this already? You know, you you start worrying about overanalyzing too. Right. And it's like, I find I am my best when I'm right here, right? And it's like, I find that flow when I'm in music, when I'm meditating, when I'm dancing or like, you know, any physical type stuff that I can get my energy out mm-hmm. um, because I have a lot of it. <laughs> I have a lot of energy mm-hmm. and it's like, I look calm and cool, but I have like so much energy. And it's like, if I'm not m- moving and creating, yeah. Um, which I think meditation does. It's like, okay, you don't need to be like moving all over the place and thinking of all these things. You can just come into this present moment mm-hmm. and align with your true self. And there are so many beautiful answers in there. And mm-hmm. like all the things you need are right there. Yeah. Right. And I think that's been the most beautiful experience with learning how to meditate. And it's really healed me like crazy. So what, uh- how would you describe your meditation? What, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's your process? What does it look like? Um, well, I've been dabbling over the past few years, but this past year specifically, because I kind of got a kick in the butt and I was just like, I had a fire under me and I was like, okay, I need to like really buckle down on my system here with mental health and mm-hmm. just like have a routine that like sets me in a really great state for the rest of the day or even for when I'm performing too. Um, instead of being all up here. Um, and Wim Hof Method has been really amazing 
Wim Hof? Yes. Cool. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. So I, I really started going hard at it in January, but um, I've been on and off of it for the past few years. Now my brother actually introduced me to mm-hmm. his method. Yeah. And still have a hard time with the cold bath situation. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's funny. Like I, if you give me something to dive into or jump into, yeah, no problem. Ugh. But the shower, I can do it. Yeah, but it drives me a little crazy. I'd rather just jump in, right? You and know, just rather get than it. just having a little bit of cold hitting me here and there, and you know, then the cold air around you. I just, I'd rather just jump in. Yeah, you know, like. Like, I, you know, I'll jump in lakes with ice in it and stuff. Yeah. I prefer that over just sitting in the cold shower. Oh, see, I can totally do the cold shower in that situation. <laughs> I did a cold, we did like a cold bath. Um, like my brother made one uh-huh. and he was like, he wanted me to go do it. And he was like, Madison, like, get in there. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I can't do it. And then finally I got in there and it's like, it's crazy what your brain tricks, like how it tricks you. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what I, the biggest learning lesson through even just the past few years for me is like your brain is so powerful mm-hmm. it is wild like yeah. and your thoughts are so like if you can train and like emotionally create this world in your brain that's you know that you ought like obviously want it it can work in your favor right and if mm-hmm. you just keep training it yeah. right and it takes time and that's what i'm realizing over the past few years is like oh i i have the power to like yeah. really do something here yeah. and overcome these patterns that, you know, have maybe not helped me in the past. Mm-hmm. Right. And Wim Hof and jumping into an ice cold bath is sometimes <laughs> how you overcome those things. Yeah. Right. And like tr- training your body too. Mm-hmm. And it's like a reaction. Yeah. So how long can you hold your breath now? Um, I've gotten to three thirty. Wow. Yeah. See, that shows your, like, singer lungs in there. Because that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. I'm nowhere yeah. near that. Yeah. It's, wow. Man, and it's like when you get to that point, uh, your body feels, like, wild. Like, it's yeah. just buzzing. Yeah. Right? And um, there was a point where I was, like, doing, like, eight rounds because I just, I was so up here. Yeah. Like, there's times when I'm so up here and I'm just like, okay, I need to go change this right now. Mm-hmm. And so I lay down on the mat. And I go for like, you know, 40 breaths, um, eight rounds and you start to see colors. You start Mm -hmm. to like your body like starts tingling, but you feel like amazing after, like you feel like a brand new person. Mm. It's, it's been the greatest tool for me. And, um, just like centering you in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And I find so much magic there. Yeah. And I always found it when I was like, on stage, I'd be with everybody and like I, I'd get in that that flow state mm-hmm. and even with dance or whatever or even when I'm creating, but it's beautiful to find other things where you mm-hmm. can get in that state, like yeah. meditation. Yeah. And to- it's accessible to everybody. You don't have to be artistic. No, nothing. Right. No. And uh, to be able to get to that point where you're skilled enough that you can sit down and turn it on. Yeah. And it's there for you and you get what you need. Like, that's the thing. A lot of people try meditation and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, it's too hard or I don't like it or it doesn't work for me. Well, it's mm-hmm. because with anything, it's a skill. Oh, you it's, have yeah. to put yeah. the time and effort and work into it to get it to the point where you can turn it on. Yeah. Well, and, even in like the space that. of like when you're panicking mm-hmm. or when you're because um, I know for me, like I, I deal with some anxiety, too. And it's like 
I've gone to a space that I'm really proud of where when I'm starting to feel that, that, that tightness here or whatever, mm-hmm. or starting to, you know, just all those feelings that you might get when you're feeling a bit anxious or whatever. Yeah. And being able to have the awareness of like, I know what I have to do to change this, yeah. to change my state immediately. Because mm-hmm. ultimately the anxiousness is not going to help me get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Clarity is going to get me the answers I need. Yeah. Right. Um, it's so interesting because so um, there's a great book out there uh, called Dare okay. by uh, Barry McDonough. Okay. And he suffered with anxiety for decades. Mm-hmm. He met with, you know, psychologists, uh, psychiatrists, you know, everyone trying to get help for him. Mm-hmm. But their approach is always to avoid or control anxiety. Mm-hmm. And you can't. No. You can't control it. It's, um, it's like a wave. <laughs> when yeah. it comes, if you struggle... You're going to die, <laughs> and so the or think you are. Yeah, yes. Well, <laughs> see, that's the key. You think yeah. you're dying. Yeah. And so, how he describes it, how he he finally came to this epiphany by you know researching it and kind of working people, and then just coming with this understanding. And now it's it's been proven through science that when we are in our heads mm-hmm. and we're in the future, we're causing anxiety, thinking about those things that we can't control or are going to change on us. Totally. And so. We create in our mind this anxiety situation as though mm-hmm. it's there because our brain doesn't know the difference between if we're dreaming, and if we're imagining it. our body doesn't either. Or, yeah, or experiencing it. Yeah. yeah. We get the same response. So when you create that fight or flight response, mm-hmm. your body responds with adrenaline. Yeah. Because it, it's what floods the body so you can fight or you can run. Yeah. Now, if you're making up this scenario in your brain. If you have an amazing imagination. Yes. <laughs> You think of all these things going wrong or these things you can't yeah. control yeah. and you trigger this that adrenaline response. response, this fight or flight. Yeah. So now your body's flooded with adrenaline. And if you don't use it by fighting mm-hmm. or running, mm-hmm. it's still there. And so the body has to work this adrenaline out of the system. So what does it do? It raises your heart rate. Mm-hmm. It tightens and releases the chest. It um, uh, causes you to shake yeah. and sweat mm-hmm. and breathe all heavy. All these things that we call a panic attack yeah. is the body's method of releasing that adrenaline. Yeah. So I have a patient that whenever she has um, anxiety feelings coming on, she has a jump rope in her bag. Love it. She pulls it out and just jumps jump yeah. rope until it, that adrenaline is released, yeah. and then it's gone. So some, if you it's can't do that. It's changing the physical response. And also, like, basically, your brain is forced to... Focus on something that you're doing in that present moment, yeah, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, and you're taking that energy that's been produced and transforming it into action. Yes, to release it. Yes. So if you can't get a hold of a jump rope, or you're on a plane, or you're in the car, and you mm-hmm. can't do something physical, mm-hmm. you, um, you know, he, he's like, this is a natural process, mm-hmm. and you have to trust it. Mm-hmm. And so he always recommends people to, you know, distract your mind with something, mm-hmm. work on a puzzle, or you know, <laughs> play a game, or whatever. But trust your body to allow these sensations to work through. Yeah. And as they happen, within 20, 25 minutes, it all clears out and you're yeah. good to go. Yeah. But if you try to control it, if you try to fight it, you create a true adrenaline response. Yeah. And now you're caught in this loop of adrenaline spike, adrenaline spike, panic attack, panic attack. That's why some patients, they'll have a panic attack to the last like eight to 10 hours. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they sleep for days. Yeah. Because well, I, your adrenals are just yeah. shot. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I, I really learned that it's like, you got to trust your body too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a, some 
massive separation between mind and body. And even like um, thinking, feeling, like energetically, we're energetic beings, right? And it's okay to feel, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that music has taught me. And like, I'm also just an empath myself. So I've naturally felt things throughout my whole life, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like being able to notice like where you need to shift and come here mm-hmm. and let those let those um that energetic i guess wave yeah ride out yeah and that you're gonna you're gonna get past it you're gonna get through it it's just a wave yeah. right and seeing it as just that i think really helps you i don't know just center yourself a lot yeah. better in that moment and I, for me like bringing myself to breath and like doing the Wim Hof method in times where I'm like, oh, I feel a bit of anxiousness in the mm-hmm. chest or, you know, I, I might be too much in the future or whatever. Um, the Wim Hof method and has been my kind of source of, and just the fact that the awareness of being like, okay, this is what I got to do, which when I was younger, I didn't have that. I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. So it was just music or dancing that would get me out and out of my body or my mind. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But um, now I have that tool, and I love those kinds of tools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's crazy because Wim Hof, you're actually mimicking that response. Yeah, yeah. This panicking, you want to panic because you want to breathe. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're getting basically all, hyperventilating. <laughs> yeah, you're creating a very similar situation to yeah. a panic attack, but mm-hmm. you're saying, but I'm controlling it. Yes, I'm, I'm in, in control. Charge. Yes, yeah. yeah. And it's like knowing... I think knowing that you're the drive, like the the driver of your ship, you know, is super key. And it's like, you know, I I am in control of this this thing up here, right? I mm-hmm. can that true self is always there, and it's like whether you want it to come up or not and start steering is up to you, yeah. right? And I I'm grateful that I've had that awareness that has helped me, you know, use these tools to the fullest potential and help me to get through, you know, just those natural human responses. Mm-hmm. It's nothing bad. No. It's a natural human response. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like you said, you just have to trust your body. Trust your body. And have have the have some tools to help to you. know what to do while you're trusting. Yeah, because I've noticed like lots of people don't have those tools. Mm-hmm. Like I'm grateful because I've been exposed yeah. to those things, right? And that's what I love what you're doing about this this podcast too is you're broadening people's palettes right that mm-hmm. there's not just one umbrella you have to be under to yeah. deal with something like anxiety or even just nervousness or whatever it may be because mm-hmm. um, even meditation is great for anything i yeah. i think even mm-hmm. when you're doing great it's yeah, good yeah, to yeah, just yeah. do <laughs> for sure right yeah and that's just awesome that you're doing this because it's really opening you know, at least showing your your world and your demographic, like, hey, these are things that you can use to help mm-hmm. you through life, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, some of the lessons, you know, the variety of guests we have are going to be like, I connect with her. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's my story. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Maybe what she's doing can work for me. Totally, yeah. Because like with anything, until we know someone, you know, with with anything, it doesn't really shift in us. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's like a, unless you know someone like you, you know, for a while there is if you didn't know someone who's gay, right, you had a hard time accepting gay people. Well, and it just wasn't a part of your yeah. 
world. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah, I totally. And, get and that. so I can understand why some people previously had very negative <laughs> feelings. And well, you they don't got know what it. you don't know. Yeah, and it's the same now with COVID. You know, COVID isn't real unless I know someone who's had it yet. True. <laughs> you know, yeah. and a lot of people are feeling that way. They're just like, oh, it's all a scam. It's not a part of my world, so I'm not going to worry about yeah. it. Yeah. But as yeah. soon as you know someone, you know, like for a while, that was the same was with cancer. Right. You know, when I was a kid, it was really rare for someone to get cancer. Wow. You didn't hear about it much. Yeah. You know, where now there's what? very few people that don't know someone firsthand who has cancer. That's interesting. Tell me more about that. Well, just the knowing people with cancer? Yeah, well, even just the, because I know, like, you've had a long practice, and you've seen, obviously, like, people's health over the years, and you were just saying, like, you barely knew anybody that had cancer during that time. I just was like, well, tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I was a child, you know, I think I maybe heard of one person that had cancer. Right. And, and it just wasn't in conversations either. No. And yeah, yeah it was something that people didn't share and didn't yeah. share. So it's very similar to mental illness, right? With totally, anything. Totally, yeah. You know, cancer wasn't something you talked about. It wasn't big. I think a lot of it too is it scared people so much. Yeah. Because all this comes back to fear, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> and so when we fear something like cancer, we didn't talk about it. Yeah. Because we didn't know what to do. And it was this, like, because mm-hmm. when taboo. I was younger, it was almost like a death sentence, right? Right. Whereas now... If someone gets cancer, you know, the survival rates are so much better than they were, you know, 40 years ago. Right, yeah. Where now it's like, oh, okay, well, which one did you get? (laughs) Right. You know, because a lot of them, it's, you know, it's going to take a year, but you're going to be okay. Right. Where I think mental illness is the same thing. 100%. You know, or, and and I, I don't particularly even like saying mental illness because, again, people don't see that as an everyday thing. Mm-mm. You know, whereas it's like mental health issues, mm. you know, or like people who struggle through mental health. It's it, it it's getting better, mm-hmm. but it's this thing where, well, it scares me. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. Mm. So I'm not going to talk about it. Mm. And then we don't get that discussion and that same support and the same. So you see cancer now, you know, it's it's people talk about it so much more. It's more right. open, you know, all the fundraisers for it. Yeah. And it's only in the last like three to five years that more studies it, we're starting to talk more about mental health yeah. and like pushing people to, you know, express. share and express it and get it out there so that those that are struggling, you know, can those that are really struggling don't feel stigmatized and can get help. Same yeah. with addicts. Yeah, we do the same thing course. to addicts, right? Yeah. And then everyday people who struggle with, you know, mild to moderate depression and anxiety and so yeah. on. They don't have to suffer in silence. Of course. And everyone deals with with it to a degree. And it's it happens, ebbs and flows throughout life. Mm-hmm. And I know for people that are much older have talked to me, like mental health is a journey, right? And it's something you keep continue to learn and build your toolkit yeah. along the way and see what works for you. What may have worked for you 10 years ago or even a year ago might not work for you right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in whatever space you're in, right? And I think... Knowing that, even just for me as a young uh, woman, it's just like, that's great to learn that everyone is going through that journey. And like, they're always, it's always a learning process, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone's, as long as there's a conversation, I think we can all learn from each other and know that we're all in the same boat. Like, right? You know, it's very interesting. Kind of reminds me of a story when I was first married. Um, We had friends who 
And again, you know, I was raised Mormon, yep. so there's this expectation of these perfect marriages of and, course, yeah. and all this, and everything's eternal forever. Yes. And so we had friends, and they got married, and two weeks into their marriage, um, the wife wanted a divorce. Wow. And we're like, what happened? And he goes, dude, I have no freaking clue what's going on. You know, she's all upset that we had a fight. And because we had a fight now, we can't. We're never going to Our be marriage good. is never going to work. We're toast, yeah. And so from some talking, kind of working things out, what we found out is her parents had never fought in front of the kids. Oh, ever. my gosh. So th- in her mind, yeah. marriage is perfect. There's never disagreements. There's never right. any problems. It's just yeah. all happy. Yeah. But his parents fought in front of the kids all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like not uh, not terribly, but, but they, they just they did in a point where saw the disagreements and how they worked through it. Yes. And there was yeah. apologizing in front of the kids and there was they worked things out and it was wow. all very open. Yeah. And so from his point of view, he's like, I don't like this. I can express this mm-hmm. and say it bothers me and maybe we can fix it. Yeah. But in her mind, she's like, two weeks and we're already fighting. And we're done so. We're never going to make it work, yeah. so we need to get a divorce. And so just as this this image and this you know, poor, because uh, it's not necessarily poor parenting, but it's like poor modeling of how to be in a relationship. Mm. But we do the same thing with our mental health with our kids mm. and people around us as we... Right, not expressing what's going on. Because you're like, and that's the thing too, is like parents are people too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and they're humans with their own things. And they're working through it, and yeah. they're trying to do the best they can. Yeah. And as a teenager or you know younger kid, you don't you think your parents are like rock stars, or they're not that cool, or yeah. whatever, right? Or they have it all together; they know everything, right? And it's when parents express their vulnerability and just like, hey, you know, like I'm having a hard day today, but yeah. I still love, like there's still love here. We're gonna work through it. That that's really cool to see. And I know. Um, I've always been able to have really open conversations with my family, like my parents and Mm -hmm. my family in general. And I think that's what's been so amazing during even just my growth as a human is like, hey, I can like, I have this place, this safe place Mm -hmm. I can go. Yeah. And it's my family and my community, my healer community too. Mm -hmm. I've found my peoples where I can just be like, hey, I'm having like a shitty day. Or like something's going on in my brain. Mm-hmm. Don't know what's going on. Yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah. I need help. I need tools. How do you get through this stuff? Yeah. Help me. Yeah. Right. And to have that conversation is so valuable. Yeah. And so all of us need to take on that role to model openly balanced ways to not only discuss our emotions, but how to work through them. Yeah. Because, again, we were like, I remember when I was a kid, I was angry a lot. Mm. And. Of course, all anger is caused by injustice. So yeah. I, everything was unfair for me. Of course, when you have six siblings and you know you're yeah, raised in the Mormon church, <laughs> yeah. and everyone's telling you to behave this way, but adults could do what they wanted. You know, you felt like you're in a box. Oh, I saw injustice everywhere, and yeah. it, I was constantly angry. And when I would, uh, you know, the discussion I would get from my <laughs> parents, especially my dad, would just say, you know, uh, only dogs get mad. Mm. You know. Like I'm, I, I wasn't even allowed to. It Express. wasn't even acceptable, and so then, not only am I told that 
you know, your emotions aren't valid valid to express, but that those injustices that are happening are okay. Mm. And you need to suck it up as a kid because you're just not allowed to mm. have that freedom. So just bred more anger, obviously. Yeah, of course. But, you know, again, what an opportunity with our kids, you know, like um, one thing I'm always pretty good with my kids is if I'm feeling off and I'm in a bad mood and I say or do things, when I catch myself, I apologize to my kids. Mm. I tell them why I'm feeling a little off and I'm going to do something about it and, mm. you know, I'll go do something or, you know. And then yeah, I'm feeling better. Thanks, buddy. I did this. And I'm but, so. Wow, you're like a super dad. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, and especially with your journey, because I've obviously, you know, been around for, I guess, like a, a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're just such a super dad. Oh, you're thanks. awesome. And if you want to hear more about super dad. No, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> Don't you have a podcast? I have with another your son? podcast with my son. Yeah, I was and listening so, to a bit of that. You guys have yeah. such a beautiful relationship. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, Max is an awesome kid. And, uh, you know, I had to definitely mark that podcast explicit, but <laughs> that's awesome. You know, but I figure, you know, if the only issue I have with my son is that he swears, okay, th- I'm totally fine with that. You yeah. know, he doesn't swear at people, right? He it's just, just likes part to of his say language. fuck a lot, right? It's, it's just some f- fancy words to add into how he feels. <laughs> yeah, but it's been really interesting to, you know, have those great discussions with him. But yeah. you know, I think. Um, you know, like he saw me go through divorcing his mom. Yeah, yeah. He saw, you know, um, me in a different relationship and having other kids. And yeah. it's my role isn't to be a perfect dad, but it's to be honest and open and model the ways that he can. You know, he has anxiety, so I have mm-hmm. to show him how lead by example we do it. And when we just tell kids to just suck it up and don't do that and mm-hmm. be an adult. You know, all these phrases that we say, but we don't teach, we don't model. Yeah. And, you know, that's where kids get lost and upset. Right. Because what am I supposed to do? You right. want me to do this, but how? Yeah. And I think with, like, I believe 100% that, like, children are the future. And mm-hmm. it's like we have to, as older generations, give them the tools and to help them along their journey, too. It's like a way of giving back and being of service. So, mm-hmm. The fact that you have that awareness about yourself and are able to communicate communicate that to your sons and be that example is so amazing because you're already like being of service and feeding the next generation, right? And I think if more, it's just more individuals being able to just start that conversation mm-hmm. and it's just asking good questions. Yeah, yeah. And I think too, it's, you know, um, giving parents the confidence and the permission to do it too. Yeah. Because I think part of it is they think, oh, I, you know, I struggle. I can't teach my kid anything. Mm. I can't, you know, talk about those things because I'm struggling with this. So how can I help them? Yeah. But it's, you don't have to fix your kids. No. You just have to, because if they can see you vulnerable and honest and open and, you know, this is what I'm trying to get better, the things I'm, I'm, uh, you know, applying the tools I have. You're teaching your kid that ah, well, my mom's not perfect. I'm not perfect. It's okay to mess up. There's, <laughs> yeah, there, and and they're working hard. And so when I'm struggling, it's okay because I yeah. know everyone else is. Yeah. And if we don't model that and be honest and open about that with our kids, then they think 
you know, because then they become adults and they're struggling with depression or anxiety. Right. And they're like, how do I deal with my emotions? Yeah, I can't talk to mom. She's never experienced this. I can't talk right. to dad. Or He's, she's not emotionally yeah. available for that either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I've, you know, I'm grateful throughout my journey. It's like my parents have always been a great example of like just modeling a really great way, like just a household that supports one another and mm. creates that open conversation. So like even when we talk about whatever, it's just like, it's all good. Yeah. It's like, and it's okay if you're not feeling the best that day, like tell me more about it, what's going on. And then mm-hmm. how do we, how do we move forward? How, how can I help you with whatever tools you need? Like, do we need to hook you up over here? Like, you know, and it's that conversation as the healer mm-hmm. sometimes too, like being able to like, just get it out with someone yeah. and especially someone that you trust mm-hmm. and a parent too. It's like me being able to go to my parents and be like, I'm, I'm feeling this way or call them when I feel a little anxious or whatever. And it's like, that's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, like your parents are true rock stars. They are. Because, like, I remember, you know, what, 10 years ago, we've got, uh, you know, one parent is going to BC for hockey tournament. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you know, one of them is taking you to Young Canadians practice yeah. or a show. Two hours a day for the drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And every weekend for, you know, like, I don't know how many years, your parents hardly ever saw each other. Yeah. Because they always had to split up because, you know, one thing that's amazing about them is they've, you know, always one, they've accomplished a lot in their lives, but also they, like you said earlier, you know, what do you want to be? What's your dream? We're going to have, you you can do this. You can Mm -hmm. make this happen. You Mm -hmm. know, everyone always wants to let their kids go and, you know, follow their dreams. But most always say, well, do this first and then follow your dream or have this as your backup. Yeah. Your parents basically said, oh, you want to play in the NHL? Yeah. Peyton, okay, yeah. Well, this these are the things you got to do, and so, it's hard work. Yeah. So Peyton got up every morning at like <laughs> seven and lifted weights since well, he, was he was in doing grade crunches one. Crunches in his doorway. Yeah. All the boys they have their oh, whatever the their pull up bar. Pull up bar, and yeah, I I was like, you guys are weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's true, and like they exposed us to a lot of stuff, like, mm-hmm. and they were just like feeding us, like just anything like oh you want to try this okay uh how do i create a space that's safe where you can explore and Mm. oh you want to try painting well let's give you some painting like give you the tools to explore that side Mm. of yourself right and even with the boys it was just like oh you want to go do this well i'll help you i'll get you there and we can try it out yeah but my dad always was like if i have to drag you there obviously you don't want to do it. Yeah. Right. And that was another thing too, is like work ethic mm-hmm. because. Well, you all have amazing work ethics. And th- that's like, if you want something, you got to work hard for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And obviously my dreams are like, it's really big dreams. And mm-hmm. especially with the boys too, they have really big dreams too. And I'm just grateful that my parents didn't make them look impossible. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you you want to do this? We fully support you wherever you decide to go, but you got to put the work in too, yeah, right? Yeah. And I like that they never made it their dreams. Yeah, yeah, that was because I think some parents, especially in hockey, yeah, you know, those listening, uh, um, Madison's one of his her brothers plays in the NHL, mm-hmm. 
Well, he's almost there. He's in the bubble right now. Yeah, he's in the bubble waiting for somebody <laughs> yeah, to get hurt. For, yeah, waiting for somebody to get hurt. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but still, it's, uh, you know, some parents, their dream was always to play in the NHL and so they would put their dream on their kid. Your yeah. dad never did that. No, you know, no. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what your mom's dream was to be a singer or not, but she didn't push She's you in that direction <laughs> because that was never her dream. But yeah, to... Yeah. To allow you to have your own dreams and to follow your own path and yeah. not put their, you know, their path ideas. and their ideas on it. Yeah. yeah. You know, where, um, you know, being raised Mormon, there's this very specific path path that your parents want you to follow and what will make them happy. And they make it yeah. their dream. Yeah. Yeah. And when you don't follow it, it hurts them. Yeah. <laughs> Disappointment. Yeah, 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 and that—that's like, yeah. And you can feel that <laughs> when you're not oh. following their dream. Yeah, and that not only do they create, you know, that depression or disappointment mm -hmm. in their own lives, but you can feel that when mm -hmm. parents do that to kids. Oh so yeah, yeah. It's you know, no one does it on purpose. No, but it's of course just not. Kind that's all they happens. know. Yeah, that's all yeah. they know. And it's like, I think knowing that is like that's all they know. Yeah. Right. That's all they were exposed to. Right. And that's what I like. As I said, like my my parents were just like building individuals that were equipped for the world and yeah. life. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what parents job is. Like, I'm obviously not a parent, <laughs> but from the outside looking in, it's yeah. like you're equipping your an individual to take on the world, both all the the good and the bad. Right. Mm -hmm. And being able to be like, hey, if you want something. I'll help you get there. I'll support you. Here are the tools. Um, but it's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I think one thing I always teach parents is that kids need to fail often and early. Yeah. Because we learn from failure. Mm -hmm. We don't learn from success. Mm -hmm. Because when we succeed, we're like, oh, that was easy. I'll just do what I've always done. Yeah. But when you screw up, <laughs> when oh, you do something, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. Then you have that opportunity to learn from that and, okay, how do I do it differently next time? Yeah. And, you know, your parents gave you enough space mm -hmm. well, and to learn from your mistakes. It's all about attitude. Mm -hmm. Like, with failure as well. Failure, yeah. whatever that is. In quotes. She did quotes. <laughs> <laughs> failure. I don't even know if it's failure because I know in spaces where I feel like I've failed or, you know, I'm not where I'm supposed to be, which I, I definitely feel like even now in my life, I, I'm definitely getting on a path where I'm like, oh, I, I start to feel a, something new coming along the way. Mm -hmm. But it's all about attitude. Yeah. And my dad was really good about that. He's like, work ethic and a great attitude. Because even when you're failing, it's like, okay, how do we rise above this quote unquote failure and see it as an opportunity? Yeah. Right. And it's really hard to see sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. When things suck. Mm -hmm. Right. Or when things didn't turn out the way you thought, because I definitely have been guilty of that, of like having this idealized path in my head. Mm -hmm. Visual because I'm a huge visualization. Like I just I have a dream. I'm going to go get it. It's going to look like this. Dot, 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 mm -hmm. dot. Right. And um, when it doesn't go that way. I get mad, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And but I think what my parents are good at is like, okay, well, how can we look at this? Yeah, right. You know, is this an opportunity for you to look at something else, or like go into your toolkit and start, you know, cultivating even just self development stuff mm -hmm. that can lead you to other things, right? And lift your perspective. 
Yeah. Right. And yeah, I, I've, I've just noticed like through the times of like where I felt like what, what's next, like what, what am I supposed to do next? Like mm-hmm. kind of asking myself, like what's my next step? Those are usually the times when that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate, I hate it, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's usually there's something around the bend that's waiting and it's just like yeah. wanting you to grow. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So interesting. We, we put this judgment on everything, whether it's success or failure, mm-hmm. good or bad. Mm-hmm. And we have no idea. No. We have no idea no. in the moment no. if it's good or bad. Yeah. Like one of my most favorite uh, Zen parables is the one about the Chinese farmer. Mm. And so he wakes up one day and he goes out and his uh, horse had um, broken the fence open and ran away. Hmm. And so all his neighbors find out and they come by and console him. And they're like, oh, no, you know, how are you going to get to market? How are you going to plow your fields? You know, think of all the negative things that came out of it. And one of the neighbors says, what bad luck? Mm. And the farmer said, maybe. The next day, his horse comes back with five wild horses. Hmm. So now he's got all these horses now that he had before, fixed the fence, and he's got all the horses. His neighbors find out, they come by, and they're all like, oh, my goodness, you know, you'll be able to break all the horses, sell them, you know, you make so much money, you know, you can yep. pull full, a real wagon now. Uh, what good luck. Mm-hmm. And the farmer says, maybe. And the next day, his only son, his only child, is out trying to break the horses. Yeah. Get them ready to sell or to, to, to use on the farm. And he gets bucked off and breaks his leg. And, of course, back then, that's like, he's not going to be able to do anything for a long time. So all the neighbors find out, they show up, condolences, you know, oh my goodness, now you got to do all the work by yourself, you know, you got to get everything to the market on your own, what bad luck. And again, the farmer says, maybe. The very next morning, the military show up and they constrict all the young men in the village into the army, all but the farmer's son because of his broken leg. Hmm. And here's all the neighbors all upset and sad and, you know, they congregate together and they say to the farmer, you know, it's a good thing your son broke his leg. You know, what good luck. He's going to be okay. And the farmer says, maybe. <laughs> and so the whole moral is, is that something happens and we judge it yeah. for good or bad, but we don't know what is going to come out of that situation and how it's going to, it could be really helpful. It could be something else. Yes. And we just decide everything is good or bad or this yeah, or that. So reactionary. Yeah. Rather yeah. than just accepting our path and mm-hmm. going with it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, the, the these new tattoos on my right hand. Yes. It's a, amor, yeah, amor fati. And it, it's Latin for um, love your fate mm-hmm. or, or love your path. Love that. Accept it. You know, yeah. um, one of my favorite books is The Tao of Happiness. Yeah. And, and right at the beginning, the author says, you know, this is the most important thing of this whole book. I'm going to tell you right at the beginning that you're supposed to accept everything that happens to you in the moment as though it was the right, you know, the perfect thing for your path. Yeah. And the yeah. human part of us is like, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is shitty. Yeah. I'm not liking it. Right. Yeah. But it's that, that self-awareness and that higher self that's like, ah, I, I need to receive this and mm-hmm. just be with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that comes with emotions too, when something comes and, and it's, it's a wave and it's, it's part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Right. And I love that story because it, it shows that, 
everything happens for a reason in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, yeah. right? Yeah. And I like how you've all become self-aware that when things get really tough like that and you get mm-hmm. put in that corner and you're like, mm-hmm. what do I do? What do I do? Mm-hmm. That's always when that next step is revealed. Yeah. And I, cause I have like conversations in my head all the time and one of them, cause there's been spaces where I've been in where I'm like, well, why isn't it working out this way or this way? Right. Especially career wise. Like I'm just still navigating. Right. And it always comes down to these are the, this, this is the part of life that you're going to talk about. Right. Like these are the, the time in your life when there's so many question marks, which there always will be, Mm -hmm. but when there's some like big question marks and you're still figuring it out, you know, from the people that I've learned from, it's like that have done really well. They say these were like the best times of their life. Yeah. Right. When when none of the things, you know, there was a lot of their, the, the sex success or whatever was manifesting. Right. And still unfolding and you were still discovering. Right. And I feel like I'm, in that space always, right? Of just like seeking and learning. And um, it's, I've definitely realized like, it's just part of the process and I have to, and it's a hard truth sometimes, (laughs) but you know? Yeah. Yeah. It must be frustrating when you're listening to a song and you're like, I sound better than them. Oh no. My song is better than (laughs) them. No, honestly, like I, it's interesting. I've never, I've been like, oh, I wish I wrote that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been like, oh, like, how do I? Because I've listened to songs and I'm like s- immediately inspired by the writing and just even sonically and stuff. I'm like, how? I love that. Like, yeah. and how can I learn or like, it almost like gets me to like get back to the drawing board mm-hmm. and keep creating, right? Yeah. And, that's what I love about even just the space of art in general, um, in all forms. It's like, we're constantly, you can look at it as like, for some people it's like competition or something, but for me it's like inspiration, yeah. right? And it's like, oh, that came through that person's soul and their eyes and their perspective and their own worlds. Mm-hmm. And they were able to express that. And it's like, oh, I yeah. love that. I'm going to yeah. go to the drawing board. And like, I think as an artist too, it's, having that that vessel always open too right mm-hmm. and just being able to just get in that flow and yeah not get in the way mm-hmm. yeah. right and that's again like you know it's grateful you have that tool of meditation because you know you can go there mm-hmm. get in that state get in that flow state and allow it to come yes you know yeah. you can get out of your way yeah because that's been huge for me in my entire life i've yeah. i've been great at getting in my own way yeah like <laughs> I have a really, I've been blessed with like a really great life and mm-hmm. like I have an amazing community, even healer, you're part of my healer community, mm-hmm. right? I've had, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to have access to all those things and all those tools, but I find, you know, my struggles, I've always tried to get in my own way sometimes. And it's like being well, able it's not to on find, purpose. no, it's yeah, not on it's purpose just, at all. It's, it's just a natural yeah. human thing. Right. Yeah. And, um, I've been learning a great deal the past few years, especially um, how to through different things, how to get out of the way and let yeah. the things start flowing. Because when that happens, magic is there, right? Mm-hmm. And even in conversation, like when you're with somebody, like really being there, yeah, right. It's not just in what you're good at too. It's mm-hmm. like being there with someone because that is a flow state too. Yeah, yeah. 
right? Yeah. When you're not thinking about what you're supposed to be doing tomorrow or yet what it happened mm-hmm. yesterday and you're yeah. really listening, I think magic can happen there too where you can really help somebody. Yeah. Well, and not only to be in that presence in the moment to help someone else, but what it does for our relationships. Yeah. And oh, you yeah. You can be right in the moment with a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I know with Chris and I, we have this tremendous connection. Mm-hmm. And You guys are the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you guys are awesome. But when it's on, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's been a few times where we've both been like, we're out of sync. Mm. That connection's not quite where it was. And, you know, then emotions change and mm. there's this that. And yeah. we can pick up on it fairly quickly and we're like, whoa, mm. we're not feeling each other. You know, what do we got to do? Right, to get into that To get flow, that back into that, balance. Yeah. And because, you know, like I've never experienced that with anyone before, like with her, where it's, wow. you know, just this high state, you know, 90 95% of the time. Yeah, and, then, and you can see it with you guys. Yeah. Like it's, it's like <laughs> gorgeous, your relationship. And the fact that you guys have the awareness of that and the communication is so beautiful. Like, yeah. and knowing that about each other, being like, hey, and... Like being able to be like, I kind of feel out of sync. Do you feel like a little sync, yeah, right? Yeah. And like, it's not the end of the world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's yeah, so yeah. that's so cool. Yeah, and you know, because it's, it's majority of the time it's me. <laughs> 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 but I'm grateful that you know she doesn't judge that. She knows that, of course, and she knows that I'll find my way back eventually. Right. If she feels it's going on too long, she'll tell me. <laughs> right, and that's that's amazing that there's that like that she knows that about you, right? Yeah. And that there's that honesty of like, oh, you know, you just got to go through things because you're both people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's just, that's beautiful. I love that. Oh, I thanks. love hearing that. Yeah. So before we go, what, um, you know, if you would like to give any advice or, you know, tools or ideas that you, that you use that you think, you know, could be beneficial for people dealing with their mental health? Um, I think... You like for me, I it was really empowering knowing that I am in control of this. Mm-hmm. I have the power to do whatever I want with this, and my brain, yeah. my body, my reaction I have control over that. And however I want to, however I choose, um, it's up to me, mm-hmm. right? And I get to, I'm the driver of my ship, yeah. Right. And I think learning that is really empowering because then when you're in spaces of adversity or you're feeling anxious or whatever, you know that you can trust yourself and you can get into that space of like, okay, I have the tools and I'm the driver of the ship. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I'm, and also that you're your own advocate too. Like, you know yourself best. Yeah. Right. And that takes time and awareness. And I'm, I'm obviously still learning a lot about myself and I will forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. Right. As you, t- you as well, like you're still learning different things over yeah. time. And I think just knowing that you, you're, you are the driver is like really empowering. Yeah. And really, really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a huge message right now because so many people feel powerless yeah at this moment yeah whether it's the pandemic yeah or you know all the uh protests and riots yeah or 
you know, um, you know, the orange haired monster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that he, guy he who shall not be named, <laughs> you know, but these things that we're having externally and everyone gets all worked up and they feel they have no power. Yeah. And they feel incredibly powerless. And, you know, one thing I try to always teach patients in, in our courses is that, you know, number one, you know, you have no power mm. externally. True. Yeah. A hundred percent. Learn it right now because yeah. trust me, you have no power over anyone else yes. or what's going to happen out in that world. Yes. You can Preach. do things to affect change, but you can't. With your two hands. Yeah. But yes. you can't force change. No. And then along with that, um, once you understand that, then you can understand that you have complete power mm-hmm. because you have all this power over internally, mm-hmm. over how you respond. Mm-hmm. You know, you could. We don't want to react to the world. We want to respond to the world. Mm-hmm. And once we understand that and we learn the tools mm-hmm. to get us in that place, to have that power, you know, yeah. you, you can just look at the world and just give it double fingers and just well, and enjoy be the it. Observer, <laughs> and be the observer too, right? Yes. Learning to be the observer, even of your own thoughts too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, because I... Especially this past year, I was with everything that's going on and just mm-hmm. even it's been a really great learning experience for me because, as you know, I'm I'm quite the empath and it's like I can take on other people's things, too. Right. Yeah. And it's knowing that I can trust myself and I have the tools to um, balance my inner world. Am I, because this is a little mm-hmm. inner universe yeah. up in here, right? Yeah. It's another world. We're dealing with external and internal, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to shift your perspective on thing and be a, a listener and um, not only with other people, but with yourself too, um, puts you in a really cool position where you can learn and enjoy things yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I know if there's chaos outside, there's no reason you have to let chaos happen inside. No. You know, no. you can do something about it. It takes work. Yeah, I like I'm not a pro by any means, no. but I definitely feel like I'm learning and like there's a sense of freedom mm-hmm. that is through that. Yeah. Like you feel al- more alive. Like you're like, "Wow." <laughs> and you know this what? is what I was like missing out on. Like you feel like a a child again, almost like I was just going to say seeing that. the world with new eyes, right? Yeah. Like, and that's always been my my thing is like I want to be there where I'm always seeing the world with new eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and being able to rise above and transcend, you know, different m- patterns or things that might be holding me back, and that it's all really just a conversation that's going on in your mind. It's just a conversation, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And you can choose how that conversation goes. Exactly. That's huge. And when I discovered that, I was like, whoa, (laughs) guys, (laughs) it's beautiful. And I feel like for me, it's slowly but surely like with everyday practice, Mm because it's a, it's a craft and an art. Yeah. You, I think it's completely possible and I'm optimistic that, you know, Anyone can learn this. It's mm-hmm. not just me, yeah. right? Yeah. It's it's anybody yeah. that can rise above in their own minds and get out of their own way and learn to control their ship, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, that's why discussions like this are great because 
when you can see that, ah, someone did do it. It is possible. Mm -hmm. It can happen. Mm -hmm. And that it's something that we're continually learning and working on. And some people need a little support through medication. Some people need a little support through, you know, acupuncture or herbs or uh, counseling, whatever it is. You know, you get that, those supports you need, but ultimately it resides with you. Yeah. And like, Knowing that that self-awareness of like you are, you know yourself best. Mm-hmm. No one else does. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you can go to whoever, 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 but it's you that knows in here mm-hmm. what and being able to look there in your heart to be like, oh, this is what I need or this is this is my next step or whatever it yeah. may be to help you move on or move forward or let go, mm. you're only going to know that. Yeah. But having those tools is so vital yeah. mm. to get you there. Yeah. Right? That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Well, okay, we've gone quite long already. That's so. okay. I was <laughs> like, I'm, I was totally ready for a long combo because I know we could just chat forever. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. I know that someone's going to be listening to this and... Not only are they going to be touched by your words, but they're going to go search on Spotify or Apple Music, and they're going to be touched by your music, too. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right. It's awesome. Thank you, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next week. Have a lovely day, and take care of yourself, and uh, apply some tools to find some peace in your life. Yes. Thank you. All right. That was so much fun. Um, It's really nice to sit down with Madison and just... You know, luckily for me, I've known Madison since she was so young. And now to see the amazing, beautiful woman she's become inside and out. And the um, energy and passion she has for life and the tools she uses to find her peace and find her creativity. She's just super inspiring. And, um, you know, I think I've seen her live I don't know, <laughs> eight, ten times, something like this, and uh, it never gets old. She's just um, amazing, and I love her music. And I love her as a person. She's a total sweetheart, um, great family, and I really appreciate the things that she shared with us tonight and to, uh, just that ability to be so self-aware of you know, what she... Uh, needed, oh, there we go, <laughs> to find her, you know, her inner strength and to find that balance that she needed in her life to be more creative, to um, kind of get out of her funk, you know, and to become so self-aware to notice that it's happening and then to work hard to develop tools to overcome it. Like that's truly letting go, to letting go of that that funk and to recognize that that is my thoughts and my choices that's creating this. I have the power then to, you know, take it back and get rid of that by through my actions and my thoughts and my words. And that's so mature and so valuable. I'm really grateful for her sharing that with us. Uh, It was a really fun interview and uh, so many great things came out of that. I'm really grateful for her. You know, if you want to be inspired not only by her words, but by her music, please take the time, uh, search her on where you listen to your music, 
Madison Krebs. Um, again, I'll have links uh, in the description. But uh, you will find at least one song of hers that uh, you know speaks to you. Um, I I can't even remember. <laughs> I am <laughs> one thing with me with music is I never remember. Uh, I'm not really good at lyrics. Ask Chris. I can't, <laughs> I can't even understand what people are saying half the time. Um, but uh, I don't really remember names of songs. But I do have three of hers on our playlist here at the office, The Patient's Love. And one of her recent ones that I really enjoy is she did a cover of a Post Malone song, and she does it better than Post Malone. <laughs> really, I think she does it way better. And uh, it's on our playlist here. And... You know, it's really interesting when you're in, you know, working with a patient, needling them, and the song comes on, and they're like, kind of rocking to it, and they're like, "Who is this? I recognize this song." But she's done so good at kind of making it her own song that it's hard to even collect that it's a Post Malone song. So to me, that is like the most ultimate compliment of a cover when you can make someone's song yours, and uh, she has done that. So take a listen; she's fantastic. But um, I hope we can all learn from her example and lessons. Um, we talked about so much stuff from parenting to meditation to music. And uh, I hope you can take something from this and hope it helps you find some peace and, you know, get some strength uh, from this. It's uh, uh, I really enjoy doing these podcasts. And, uh, you know, even if no one listened, I'd still do them because they inspire me and lift me up and give me uh you know, new tools for me to use in my life to help with my mental health. Um, you know, like I said before, I struggled with anger and other issues before when I was younger. And, uh, you know, it always put me on this path to search out more about our emotions and what's causing them. And, uh, you know, I remember years ago, I'm in university, I've got kids, I'm supposed to be a lawyer. That's what everyone thought, I, you know. And I kind of put in my path and the expectation, and I stopped and read a book called Between Heaven and Earth by Harriet Benfield and Ephraim Korngold, and it was about acupuncture and the five elements, and it just blew my mind. And the connections that I learned then between the emotions and the organs and the body, you know, like where our pain sits or how certain emotions affect certain organs— all of that, it just spoke to me and inspired me and put me on this journey to study uh, acupuncture and Chinese medicine. And it uh, has helped me out in so much, understanding more about myself and my emotions. And again, that's why we created the five elements of letting go. So people could walk the path and learn those those tools and techniques to find that peace and get, get a power over their emotion and use that energy that our emotions give us to make change and to... Get that peace we need in our lives. So if you feel uh, this information is helping you and you want to learn more, there's links below about uh, my course, the five, elements, the five Elements of Letting Go. And there's some uh, free parts of the course you can take a look at. There's a, um, a personality quiz that you can take to learn more about the personality types within Chinese medicine, see where you fit. Um, but uh, it's really you know, a tool to help people uh, really let go of trauma, let go of extreme emotion, and find that peace in their lives. And, uh, you know, whether you want to take the coach, uh, take the course or get some coaching or come in for some acupuncture, I'm here for you. You know, my, my ikigai, my, my path, my, my passion in life is to help us all find peace with our emotions because uh, I let them rule me for most of my life. 
and I'm working really hard to make this shift and change, and uh, I want to help others find that same gift. And um, this is, you know, that's my purpose. So if this has inspired you and helped you out, you know, I hope it's, uh, it's, it's you know, achieve that goal for me. And uh, we're going to keep this going. We've got lots of other uh, interviews already lined up. I got about like 30 <laughs> waiting to happen now. And these are incredible, loving people that inspire me. And, you know, we need to have great conversations with people. And we need to listen and learn and support one another. And uh, through these conversations and these lessons, we can help each other find peace and let go of our pain. So thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone. Love you. And, um, you know, you are powerful. You have the tools. You have the ability within you. You know, it's your choice to give yourself back that power and learn the tools that can help you find peace. And I know you can do it, and I know you have the ability. So don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on this world. It is way better than it has ever been. And we're on an amazing path. I know it looks scary out there. I know it looks not good. But people are doing their best to make the world a better place. Believe in it, and uh, it'll bring you peace. Don't fight it. Don't bite into the chaos and, you know, all the conspiracy and the junk out there. You know, life is good. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. 